this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined back really by one of my favorite guests, the one and only Miss Melissa Rivers. Hi. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Are things starting to open up? They are. They're a little open in New York City. What about there? Are they kind of open? A little. We're starting slowly. I mean, the last time we spoke really was kind of like the height of it all. It was, yeah, we were in super lockdown. So how are you doing? Like, how have you been doing through all of this? I've been good. I think we're all feeling a little better and a little bit safer. And I feel like everyone's moving around a bit more. Have you, I mean, I've traveled a little, not much, but like, have you traveled at all? I've traveled a little. I traveled over New Year's and that was the last time I traveled, but I travel again next week. So I have to go to Columbus to see my son. Oh, wow. So Cooper is not, he, he was home with you last time. Right. No, now he's back in school. They're on a hybrid kind of situation. Wow. So he he has, I think, two in-person classes and the rest are, uh, are are online and but lacrosse season has started so he's back they actually had their first game this week oh wow so that was exciting and it looks like they're gonna let like two parents in per game for home games so i am next week getting on a plane and going to columbus and you know see if he'll acknowledge me for more than five minutes so like the whole team like each time like there's literally just two parents that are allowed and yes 
Wow. I think he'll acknowledge you for more than five minutes. <laughs> you hope, right? No, he will. You know, it's it's weird because it's a, it's a midweek game and they have said, please have limited contact with the players because they have stayed in such a bubble. Wow. I mean, they have had them in a bubble since the players basically since day one. Wow. Is he happy to be back at school though? Or? Very. I think everyone's happy to go back and be with their friends. I think kind everyone of. definitely, as much as a kid loves their parents, and I have a great relationship with Cooper, um, they get, you know, they get sick of being at home. What about you? Are you, are you he secretly never sad? Has to leave me. I know. I mean, you were so happy last time. You're like, you're just like, stay here as long as you want. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone really wants, you know, there's that decision of what is the right thing versus what you really want. And the right thing is to let them go. Totally. But you know, you're like, Oh, my baby's home. I mean, I don't have kids, but I do understand that that is the right thing to do. Yes. That is the letting go is the right thing to do as much as you shut your door and sob hysterically. Do what is Cooper majoring in? Like, does he know what he wants to do? Um, you know, you know, other than, you know, now he's not majoring in at least, you know, drinking beer and chasing girls, which is what you do as a freshman. Yes. Um, he, I think he wants to go into the music business right now. He's a bit a business major, but okay. You know, we'll see. I mean, does he, you know, like want to be a producer an iconic stand-up love- comedian? Like, is oh, he no, like going he would to, love the- to be like, a, a music producer. He would really wants to be an A and R. Wow. Um, and it's learning how to do it now differently because so much is virtual. So many things. So many people are discovered online. So I think that's that's where his heart is. He loves emerging artists. He loves finding new music and new people. Wow. So that's kind of semi related to the family business. Well, it's entertainment. the entertainment business. It's just a different part of it. And totally. by the way. Completely yes. subject to change. Because when I was in college, I wanted to be in advertising. Really? Yeah. You majored in advertising? No, I majored in European history. <laughs> well, that makes sense. No, it <laughs> I know, I'm like being sarcastic. Yeah. No, but I, but I honestly believe if you're not in a pre-professional track, the best thing you can get out of college is learning how to read and write and disseminate information and learn how to you know, critical thinking skills. I mean, that for, that'll help you throughout your entire life. Well, I went to law school. So here we are. I, here I am you talking to law to school. Did you graduate? I did. I practiced the bar. Yeah. I, I passed. Um, see, here's the thing. I'm a closet smart person, Melissa. I passed, me right? Too. Like me too. I passed the bar. I was like, um, I was a CPA and a corporate tax attorney. So yeah. I have a brain. I just, don't want to talk about real world anything these days for a long time. I just want to talk about fun stuff. Yeah. My friends used to refer to me as a geek in disguise. Yeah. So I'm all about like majoring in one thing and just that means about 5% of your life. Right. I mean, like, it's right. It's like you say, like it teaches you to think a certain way, like law school taught me to think a certain way and it comes up every day. But other than that, I mean, college to me is just about learning how to, read and write properly and disseminate information and, and be able to think critically and then express that. Totally. So before we started, I made a comment about your new background and 
congratulations on the sale of your house. Thank you. This is, I'm in my rental and um, we finally put something in here because for a while I looked like I was in a hostage situation and everyone was joking, like hold up a newspaper with the date. I was going to say, did you find a new house already? I have found a new house already, um, completely by accident. Um, One of my best friends is a realtor and believe it or not, she had spilled water all over herself and got out of the car to like dry, saw a realtor she knew at a really cute house in the area I like. And she's like, what's this? He said, oh, they were just photographing it. They hadn't even put it on the market yet. She's like, can I come in and take a look? And she called me from the house and said, get in your car. Really? Mm -hmm. And you got in your car and you drove over there and you were like, this is it. Are you staying in, you know, because you've been moving around like Pacific Palisades, Santa Monica. You're staying in the area. I'm staying in the hood. That's nice. Yeah. How did you, because we had Mr. Martin Lawrence Biard on this show right here. How did you decide to go with him to decorate your house? And what, what is your style of like decor? Um, we love Martin. Love, um, love. He's freaking brilliant. Brilliant. Um, how did I decide on uh, we had mutual friends. We had met a bunch of times. I loved his work. And I thought, well, if I'm ever going to do a big house like the one I sold, this is who I want to have do it. And that's what happened. We're great friends now. And I adore him. And I think he's a genius. Did you guys butt heads? Because, you know, he can be like a little like dramatic in terms of his style. All positive. No, Those everyone, are positive comments. Right. No, no, everyone talks about that. It's probably the most restrained. It was probably the most restrained house he's ever done. And I saw were, pictures. I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. And so I think that was that was one of the things we talked about was and he was in a place where he wanted to do that, that we have to keep it very restrained because it was such a dramatic house it didn't need more drama. That you know, when you have two story ceilings in, you know, the living room, the last thing you need is more. Plus so much of it was decorated um, with my, with my parents art collection that I have in mind and leaving the focus on that. Did you buy it? Like, are you, are you becoming the new Jeff Lewis on us here? Like, did you no. buy it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I love Jeff, but no. I, you know, was very dependent on Martin. And like, do you, I just didn't know if you were now want to go flipping houses, like, you know, little side hobby, side hustle. You never know. You know, everyone, all my friends were like, oh, cause this, the house that I got is super, it's just, it's perfect for me. It's not big. The other house was huge and on an acre of property. This is so manageable and you know, I keep saying it's cute, which is a, not the right word for it, but it's a great house. It feels comfortable. And I was like, this is your forever home. I'm like, mm, this just might be my home for right now. I've, I've had so many forever apartments in New York and here we are, yeah. you know, some yeah. of them I'm like, if I knew I was going to sell this, why did I do any of what I just did? Cause I, you know, you get like so specific. You're like, oh, I thought I was going to be here forever, but right. You know, and I, I you know, it's very hard for me not to walk in and, you know, want to rip apart bathrooms. So I get I'm, try- it. I'm trying to, to, you know, I'm going to do some work on the closet. Um, and I'm going to, I'm trying desperately not to, you know, say just take out the bathroom. I have the same problem. So I totally get it. I- so what I'm doing is I'm going to like paint it and do all this stuff, change it up a little 
but not like moving huge plumbing things or big slabs of marble. And eventually I will redo it. Luckily it's really nice as it is, but I like an all white bathroom and bright and this and that and the other. And this one's beautiful, but it's white and gray. I'm all about all white. Yeah. Less is more. But I mean, yeah, closet, you mean your last time we spoke, you were in your closet. So you have to, I mean, that was a pretty epic closet. Yes. So I'm not going to have that epic of a closet just because of the space, but I am going to, you know, make it mine, shall we say. That's nice. Well, congratulations And by on the that. way, I'm taking over one of the closets in the extra room that's about to become my office. So what, I'm moving stuff around. That's good. It will be a project to keep you busy. Yeah, like I need another project. Well, you've also been busy with your podcast. Yes. The Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast. How is that going? Oh, it's so fun. I love, love it. it. I love it. I had a wonderful interview with Gail King. I saw that. That was great. Yesterday, I interviewed uh, Rod Blagojevich. So that was really interesting. You know, basically, we did an episode on gov- on uh, governors behaving badly. And yes. And it was Timely. getting his take on what's going on because he owns that he had to go to jail. He does. I mean, he still thinks he was wrongly accused, but you forget he was very smart. Yeah, and quite good at his very good at his job. So it was fascinating to get his take on how everything has been handled and who he thought did it well and who he thought didn't. Interesting. And I know I saw you had on like Lisa Bloom, like you have a really diverse group of guests. Very diverse. We had, and now we had, we were having some moms that are just going by the name Betty to talk about like the school openings and stuff like that, which we did last week, which was great. That's fun. And Vanessa Williams. That's one of my favorites. Yes, she's great. And we have, um, who do I have coming up? I've got a bunch of people coming up. One of my favorite, uh, uh, Instagram people, uh, Lorena Pages, who does the thing with the voices for the dog. Oh, yeah. I have her uh, in two weeks, so I'm very excited about that. How do you decide who you want to have as guests? It just, is it like, okay, I like this person, let's go for it. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a little bit of everything, right? That's the point of my, my podcast, is there's always something interesting. You know, obviously, if we're talking about a specific topic, we want someone who, who can speak on that. But, you know, I just love doing the celebrities and the comedians and, and, and those as well. So it's, it's a mashup, which is what I wanted. It's fun, right? It's so fun. And you've had a lot of my housewife friends, Heather Dubrow and Teddy Mellencamp and Brandy Glanville. Oh, yeah. Gotta, gotta love a good reality star. Oh, I do. So the last time you were here, speaking of housewives, I have received hundreds and thousands of comments, literally, and DMs about why I did not ask you. Don't you love how everyone has an opinion? I'm sure you understand as a podcast and you get reviews. Well, everyone wanted to know why I didn't ask you about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And would you ever join, Melissa? Um, I've done reality TV. I don't think it's something I'm wanting to go back to at this point in my life. Um, Would I ever join... Probably not. I think um, I think my life is is not nearly as uh, extravagant and interesting in that way as as theirs. My life is very very um, grounded, and not that theirs isn't, but I'm not that flamboyant. Well, if they threw you into the mix, I think 
you know, you someone... never, you never say never, but you know, it's kind of not, not where I'm at at this moment. I also, honestly, I honestly, honestly, honestly think, you know, I, I not going to get in those fights. I would just be like, yeah, whatever. You know, you're an idiot and walk away. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not that person. It takes a lot to get me to flip and, and freak out on someone. It takes a lot. I am the exact same way. I, I totally get it. I, I literally said that too. Like, I would literally just walk away and be like, it's fine. You could say whatever you want about me. Right. I don't care. And I think there would be a lot of, a lot of shots of me rolling my eyes, which is not terribly interesting. <laughs> Somehow I have faith in Andy Cohn that he would make it interesting. Of course, they know how to make it interesting. But I do think it's just not, it wouldn't be a right fit for me. Do you, wa- do you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I, I pop in and out. I pop do- in and out. I'm not a, like an every week obsessive watcher. You're not like me. No. Do you know like any of like Kyle? I would imagine you know someone. I've of met Kyle. I've met Lisa. Obviously, I know Lisa Rinna. Um, who else is there? Is it Garcelle? Garcelle. I've worked with Garcelle. You know, so I know them all. You know, See? tangentially, not not inner circle. You would be. You would be perfect. Uh, so that's what everyone tells me. They're like, you would be the voice of reason. You would be, yeah. I mean, like, well, like, you know, there's Dorit, too. There's, and Garcelle. I've, I've, I've met Dorit. I met her on Fashion Police. Listen, if there's ever been a year to make the moms in your life feel loved and appreciated on Mother's Day, this is the one. It's been so much harder for me to see my mother over the past year. And that's why, for me, it was so important that she felt appreciated this Mother's Day after everything that we've been through. I only thought of one way that I could accomplish that, and that was StoryWorth. It's an online service that helps your mom, grandmother, mother-in-law, every mother figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal experiences. Every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a different story prompt, questions like, What is some of the best advice your mother ever gave you? If you could choose any talents to have, what would they be? For me, I went deep. I asked my mother what her biggest fear was, what she felt she missed out on life by not doing. What is she most afraid of? Listen, if you guys read the testimonials on StoryWorth, they will literally move you to tears. For me, it's brought me and my mother and my whole family closer together. And I feel that that's so much more important now than ever because a lot of families can't be together. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your mom's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. I am learning so much more about my mother through this process. I, I can't even begin to tell you the things that I have learn from my mother. I found out she wanted to be an actress. I'm like, is that where I get it from? Is is it in my genes? Listen, give your mom the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash velvet. You get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash velvet for $10 off. 
This will bring you and your mom, your whole family, so much closer together. Guys, there's no better gift that I can think of for Mother's Day. Garcelle is pretty, like, so far. She, she's pretty even-keeled. Yeah. There's a way to be, they, they, they like need someone even-keeled that you would probably speak up for yourself if someone came at you. Oh, that or I'd just be like, whatever. Walk away. <laughs> well, you maybe. can yell at me all you want. I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, whatever. You just have to make sure your drinking skills are, like, up to par. Sadly, those are. I know. Same here. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's a pandemic thing too. I would never, you know, I'd always feel badly opening a bottle of wine, just take, have a glass for myself. Now I'm like, pour away. A friend of mine came over last night and we literally polished off a bottle of sake. That's not so bad between two people. It wasn't great. <laughs> Are you hungover this morning, Melissa? No, I'm actually not because, you know, I, make, I, I, I alternate with water. But it's become it's like so our smart. Wednesday thing. And I'm like, no, this cannot become a tradition. Do you have like a drink of choice? Like, do you have a favorite drink? Yes, I do. But it's, we refer to it as the Wyoming because it's what we always drink in the summer in Wyoming. It's, believe it or not, vodka and fresca with a lemon or a lime. Okay. I could see little, that. It's a little meh. But it's like it's, a vodka soda. Yeah, but with, with, with Fresca. I like that. Yeah. It waters, you know, it's like, I like that. Yeah, it's not like some exciting drink. However, whenever I have a big dinner party or an event like Thanksgiving or whatever, my caterer always comes up with a specialty cocktail and they're always so good. I'm always like, why don't I do this at home? Oh, I have friends that like muddle stuff. And one of my friends started making simple syrup on his own. I'm like... No, I'm um, just no. like, I just oh, like, when you make it, bring it over. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's too complicated. Yeah. You know, I, have you found yourself that you've gotten not, I guess, lazy or you just kind of like, don't care. You're like, yeah, yeah well, it's vodka. That's fine. Put whatever in it. Yeah. I mean, if it's not related to this podcast and like work, I am lazy. i I can't believe how lazy I am in the rest of my life. It's never been like this before. Same thing. Like I just I, like. Well, my new thing is I get up in the morning and my big thing now is I put on real pants, like jeans. I mean, I'm calling jeans, real pants, not sweats and not joggers and not leggings. And like, I actually have on shoes. Wow. My new thing is like, I know I work better with shoes on. See, look, I even have them on right now. Let's see. Oh, wow. Well, that is very... There's a little Todd's plug. Uh, Let's see if I get a free pair. Nothing wrong with Todd's. Well, no, I mean, the last time we spoke, you said you were, you know, it was hard when you had to leave your sweats and go out and do something. And I was at that point. I've come a little bit far, but I'm not into the full pants. I'm still in the sweats and there's no shoes. I got to tell you, the jeans, at least... And the shoes when I'm working are key. Well, I feel if I just did pants all along, maybe I wouldn't have gained the weight that I gained during COVID. Like I would have been like, okay, wait, these pants don't fit. You got to stop. Yeah. Well, my, my, my makeup key. artist walked in and was like, I tried to go out and I couldn't get in my pants. <laughs> I don't understand how, even though now I've been like back, cause like our gym is open here in this building, but like my pants still don't fit. Like it's, I think our bodies just change shape in COVID. I swear I'm convinced of this. 
but also, you know, they talk about cortisol. And I think everyone's been so stressed that your body kind of goes into protective mode just yeah. naturally. Yeah. Speaking of reality TV, have you, out of all the reality TV, see, did, you, did you love that segue? Out of all the reality TV you've done, do you have a favorite? That I've done or yeah, that I've watched? That you've done. I mean, I know they were all different, but. Um, but what do you lump into reality TV? I guess I could, you could, would you lump fashion police into reality TV? I mean, I would lump The Apprentice. Right. The Apprentice, Joan and Melissa. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lump fashion police. Yeah. I don't think I would either. It was a talk. It was a panel show. Yeah. Um, you know, Joan and Melissa had its good moments. I was really ready for it to be over because I felt like it just was done. It was done for me. It wasn't, it just, I, my mom and I were both just done. You're like, what else could we do? Wake up on shoot days and just be like, fuck, you know, we just want to be, we just want to be us and not have to be hyper versions of us. I get it. Well, speaking of your mother, you know, from Joan was all about like work, work, work as we learned in a piece of work by Joan with Joan Rivers, but she was known for that too. So, you know, the rumored first year salary for housewives is like $60,000, but then you have these people like Denise Richards. The rumor was she was getting like $4 million her second year. I don't think it was that much being a housewife's expert, but it was in the millions. Like what would Joan say if Andy, for, for, forget the audition, Andy Cohn said, Melissa, we know you, here is your contract. And it had lots of zeros. Would Joan be okay with you saying, don't want to no, do she would. I would. I would be struck by a lightning bolt, and haunted, and tortured, and not allowed to sleep until she wore me down, and and made me do it, which was very her. Like I would say no to something, and it came out once in a conversation, and she said, "Oh, I know." And she, you know, she's like, "I know how to get you to do stuff," you know. And it was really funny because I was just like, you do? She's like, yeah, I know how to get you to make the right decision. I'm like, the right decision for me or the right decision for you? She's like, meh, I don't know. Well, it was obviously the right decision for her. But that would always be the thing. People would be like, she won't agree to this or she won't agree to that. But then she's like, eh, leave it to me. She's like, it always takes two days and you always come to the right conclusion. <laughs> she would be like, Melissa, honey, sign that damn contract. Oh, I would be haunted for the rest of my life. She used to bring up stuff that I turned down for a lot of money all the time. Like I, we would be somewhere. She's like, what are you thinking? She's like, still can't believe you decided not to do that. I'm like, I didn't want to, you know, at one point I was offered playboy and I, for a good amount of money and photo approval. And it didn't have to be completely nude and the whole thing. And I was in great shape. I was just coming off. I'm a celebrity. And my thought was, oh, I have a son and I don't ever want him to be able to Google this or his fraternity brothers to be able to Google it and be like, dude, I saw your mom out naked. And that was why I didn't do it. And my mother's like, you're going to regret it. And I'm like, no, I still haven't regretted it. <laughs> John is like, but she was bringing it up all the time. Like, I can't believe you turned down that money. It was just a photo shoot. <laughs> like, She's like, I mean, that's what I thought you would say. I mean, I'm assuming like she would just be like, sign, get in there and oh. fight for your life, Melissa. Oh, by the way, yes. But that was one of the very few that I stood up and, and, and did not let her convince me otherwise. 
Oh, I got sucked into a lot of shit. You're like, I just don't want to do this. And, and that was one of the only ones where I'm like, no. And it's always great, like, when it's brought up years later, right? Oh, like any mother. You have no idea. I, she would bring up things from, like, high school. You're like, well, my parents are the same way. They're like, you know, when I completely changed careers and, you know, let's not even oh, talk about it. Oh, that must have made them super happy with the law degree. I don't even want to talk about it. But then like I had my own company and then it was really successful making more money. It's all about the money. Like they don't right. really. And by the way, and then they forget is... that they told you they, they were horrified when you did it. Oh yeah. And I mean, I'm super proud of you. I'm still reminded like, are you a member of the bar? And I'm like, I, I don't know. And my yeah. parents are like, what do you mean you don't? Like, I don't, it's, I mean, it's only like $150 a year. It's just, I don't have the energy to keep, I don't need to keep this up. Like I don't. I'm, it's never going to happen again. What's the point? Yeah, but they, they paid for law school yeah. and, you know, a Jewish mother, it doesn't matter. I can't believe he didn't, he's not, he decided not to be a lawyer after all that. Totally. So they're just like, I'm a lawyer. They're just like, you say yes to everything if there's a dollar attached. So I understand. They're like, what do you mean you can't work an extra five hours a day and like start at 10 PM? Just go do it. What, what's your problem? Yeah. Like, it's okay. I, however, my mother was always, you know, I'd be working and working and working and working and working and I would, you know, get super tired or break down. And I would always be like, yeah, but you know, you're still going. And then she's like, and I don't have a child any like living at home. She's like, of course you're crazy. You're exhausted. Yeah. Said, you don't need to sleep. She's like, I'm weird. She's like, I'm not normal. She just got by with like no sleep. Yeah. And then, but by the way, and then she would crash and sleep for like two days. Eventually you need to sleep. Right. And also she was always like, you're, she was always like you're with me. She's like, meh, nobody wants to be around you when you've had no sleep. She's like, it's not fun. You're not fine with no sleep. It's hard. I, mean, I, I could do it for like a night or two. And then it's like, mm. come on. Yeah, I mean, but again, I, compared to other people, I don't sleep a lot. If I sleep seven hours, it's a, like, circle at the calendar. Same here. But, you know, it's mostly, like, five and a half, six hours. But my mom would sleep, like, three hours and be fine. And then take a nap for 20 minutes and be good. Wow. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? 
Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I'm Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. I need to talk to you guys about Apostrophe. It's a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Now, here's the thing you guys know, prescription acne treatment really works, but it's hard to get. You have to take time off work, go see a doctor, sit in line at the pharmacy and wait for your medications. Not anymore. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You get treated immediately and your medications are delivered to your home. All you have to do is fill out their online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. Then you snap a few selfies, how fun is that, and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. It treats acne, but Apostrophe does a lot more than just that. They also can help you with your other skincare goals, like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. I filled out the survey. Of course, my I was concerned with wrinkles, so that's why I went on. Filled out the survey. Literally, somebody got in touch with me so quickly. The medicine arrived right to my front door. I've already started using it. It's just as simple as that, and you don't even have to leave your home. Listen, you get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash velvet. So go to apostrophe.com slash velvet and use the code velvet. This code is only available 
to all of you who are listening to this podcast. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash velvet and click begin visit. Then use the code velvet at sign up and you get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's apostrophe.com slash velvet. Use the code velvet to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. It really is so easy. I'm so glad I found apostrophe. It's for acne. It's for wrinkles. It's for dark spots. Really any of your skincare goals. That's apostrophe.com slash velvet. Use the code velvet at checkout and you get $15 off. I'm like you. Yeah. Like six hours, five and a half, sometimes five, some same thing. Seven is like a big, yay, we're awake today. Yeah. Speaking of fashion police and housewives, what was your experience working with Nini on Fashion Police? I got along great with Nini. First of all, she is so funny and so quick. Um, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, you had to work with it. Like, no, I had a great experience working with Nini. She also has some of the best shoes of really? anyone I've ever worked with. <clears throat> Sorry. She has the best shoes of anyone I ever have worked with. Like, you're all about the shoes. But she would show up for on set with like incredible shoes. You're just like, oh my God. You're like, this is why we hired you for this job. Yeah. And that's why you're sitting on the end so everyone can see your shoes. Yeah. I mean, there's all those, you know, and like now this whole like boycott Bravo thing. And oh, now what? I don't know about any of this. What is boycott Bravo? You got to fill me in. Well, Nini, who is not on the Housewives anymore, is oh, now. Oh, her boycott Bravo. Thing. Yeah. I thought it was a bigger thing. No. Is, it, is it legit? Are people really boycotting? No, but Nini, like, you know, it makes me wonder, like, look, if anyone has a valid claim or gripe, great. I'm all about speaking up. It's just more like, you know, can you come back from something like this? Not even at that network, just at any network. It's really like boycott Bravo and she's got lots of claims. A lot of people have been coming out with a lot of different toxic workplace claims some I think are it's kind of like I think sometimes you know in hindsight in hindsight there's lots of things where I'm like that was really fucked up but you know I don't feel like I can retroactively make complaints if I made complaints in the time then I think it's okay but you know if you're in a toxic work environment especially when there's race involved that's a whole different ball of wax. And it's a completely different way of looking at things. I think we've all learned, or at least I have during the last year, I really have a much better grip on what microaggressions are and why people feel like they can't speak up, you know, especially in, in, in different communities. I have a much better appreciation and level of sensitivity towards that and why, you know, And how someone could feel that way, legitimately, is I always, my check to myself is always, I have never walked into a store and not, I mean, I felt uncomfortable because you always get the bitchy salespeople who are super snobby, but that's a whole different thing. It's that pretty woman moment. Right. Um, But have you ever walked in somewhere and, and felt like you were being watched? Not watched, No. And it's something we can never, we have to understand that we'll never understand it. Right. And be aware of 
what it must feel like. Right. And that's something I had to really, I mean, I think that's one of the things like everybody had to learn that we don't get it. Right. And we can't get it. I mean, but we have we, to, I mean, it. we can get it, but we, right. We'll never truly, we've never had it ourselves. And we'll never experience it. Right. And I think that's part of it. And that's why like with Nini coming out about claims of racism, you kind of have to step back and go, probably should be looked at. Yeah. I will, Nini, yeah, I, I, I agree. She's, that's what's going on. You know, the other stuff, it's like, ugh, come on. What about you were at E for so long? What celebrity family do you think is, should, you know, be groomed to take over for our departing friends, the Kardashians? I don't think you're, that was lightning in a bottle. It really was. You're not going to be able to replicate that experience. Just like you will never be able to replicate the original fashion police. Um, not the original, original, but the reboot with my mom and Kelly and George and Juliana. Or you're not going to be able to replicate the relationship that my mother and I have on the red carpet. Those are just lightning in a bottle things. And I think you have that with the Kardashians. You're not going to be able to replace them. You're not. Do you watch the Kardashians? I, again, in and out. In and out. I am much more of um, a real documentary kind of person. I just watched um, a documentary called Made You Look, which is about the big art fraud scam in New York with Nodler Gallery. So oh, I'll sit and watch that. Well, that's like a nice, respectable... See, oh, you are smart. I love Below, but I was hooked on Below Deck. Below Deck is a good one. So I vacillate between high end and, and low end. I mean, I would watch, if the Kardashians wanted to stay here for another 20 years, sign me up. I would be glued to that TV. They, it, but again, that, it was lightning in a bottle. It was. You're not, I mean, there's not another family that you're going to get that from. Well, what about if they just backed up the dump truck of money and dumped it on, you know, Sharon and Ozzy's door with Kelly? They've done it. They were the first family that they followed. They like forget. a reboot. Again, once you've done it, it's kind of hard to go back. But I do love, you know, I'm still close with Kelly, stuff that they're doing when Ozzy and Jack did the show together. Um, you know, I think there's that kind of stuff. But, you know, again, you're not going to replicate the Kardashians. You're just not. No. And they, I once did an interview with a director from This Is Paris. I don't know if you saw that documentary about Paris Hilton, but Kim was in it for a minute. And the director was like, she can walk in, do a shot and like, doesn't even have to look at it, can tell you like, you need to reshoot it from, and not in like any attitude of a way, like, they just, like, because you look at the Kardashians, like, every shot, I mean, I, I know they have final approval, but every shot is so perfect. It, but it is. But, they know what they're doing. Way, people, you know, are always like, ah, the Kardashians, they are the hardest working. I've, they are workhorses. They work hard and they don't complain. They don't throw tantrums. I have yet to hear a bad experience with that. You know, no one's trashing hotel rooms. No one's yelling at crew. No one's doing any of this stuff. 
And all the experiences I have had working with them have been fantastic because, you know, and that's a testament to Chris. They he, she raised respectful, hardworking girls, women. I mean, think about it, they all worked all the way through their pregnancies. Well, it sounds like Joan would approve. Oh, she, yes, she let, I mean, she made a lot of jokes, but she, she thought Chris was a brilliant businesswoman. Brilliant. If she had Kim as a daughter, she'd be like, yep. And we have a billionaire in the family, you know? Well, no. And remember, Chloe was on the uh, Celebrity Apprentice with us. Yeah. And my mom adored Chloe. Adored her. Chloe's my favorite. Chloe and Lord Disick. I think Scott Disick is hilarious. Who doesn't love a little Lord Disick? Yeah. Well, let's talk about some other recent pop culture things that have been going on since you're kind of a pop culture guru. Yes. So what about it's been reported, don't shoot the messenger, it's been reported that your mom and Ellen didn't necessarily have a tight relationship. No, they didn't. You know, my mother thought she was very funny. My mother thought she was a really good talk show host. There was never any animosity, but you know, you're not everybody in Hollywood is friends. And yeah, but there was nothing bad. And when I did Ellen promoting my first book, she was lovely to me. She told me how much my mom meant to her because my mother was one of the first people to come out and support her when she came out. And she remembers that. She brought it up to me. She's like, your mother was one of the first ones to back me up. So is all that like media, is that just media hype when you read all these things? Oh, I, I, what, about my mom and, and Ellen? Yeah. I haven't really read anything. The only person that's been talked to, talk, who's talked about it is Kathy Griffin. So, you know. Yes. I, there, there was not a, um, there was no sort of a feud that I am aware of. And I spent a lot of time with my mom. She didn't really feud with anybody. And anybody she did, quote unquote, feud with was not famous. Right. You know, she had frenemies for sure. Don't we all? Oh, the list is too long. It is too long. Well, I think that's, that's a COVID thing too. It's like, I think we all have just had way too much time with ourselves, which is good in a way. But I think we're all just in our own heads. At least I have been myself. Um, you know, again, I, ha- I, I always joke, I have lots of voices in my head. So I wasn't that lonely. Um, no, you get lonely and everyone gets in their heads. But one thing I do think has happened is people aren't taking things as personally. And there's a level of awareness now that everybody's going through shit and through hell. And if someone's in a bad mood, it's not about you, most likely. Do you ever find like just, well, like you said, like Jonah and Melissa and even like the podcast, you know, it's, it's hard some days, right? Like when you're just like, I just don't want to be on today. I got to tell you, I love every day that I do my podcast. I love doing it. I, I look forward to it. I get it. This podcast has gotten me through COVID. I don't know what yeah. I would have done otherwise. Exactly. Literally. But that's good. Like when you were on Ellen it was all copacetic because like all these rumors now, you know, that it was like a toxic work environment and like all of that. You know, again, 
when you're just a guest on a show, you, you're not exposed to that. Right. You know, my big thing is, ooh, what's in the gift bag and what's the, what's the food like? You know, what's the craft services like? Right. Best craft services, hands down. Yeah. Rachel Ray. Really? Okay. Oh my God. Like when you saw that you were doing her show, I would be like, nobody eat, nobody eat anything yet. We're going over to Rachel Ray. And by the way, one time I did the show and was going to the airport and they like packed me food. Oh, by far the best green room food. Whose green room needs some improvement? God, I haven't been in one in so long. You know, most of the ones that you, you know, are all very normal. There's the, you know, fruit plate, you know, and a couple of pieces of cheese and some water and a coffee. Right. So that's sort of the standard. So when you go to one that's like great, you're like, whoa. What about, let's talk fashion for a second. We had the icon that is Janice Dickinson on this show very recently. Not also one of my favorites. She said that she doesn't think Gigi and Bella and all these new models can really walk and you know, they're not like the supermodels of yesterday. What do you think of this new crop of models? You know, I think, again, we're not talking about traditional models. And that's, you know, the whole Instagram era and followers era, that these these aren't models. They're more um, personalities. Yeah. And pop culture sort of figures and that kind of thing. So it's really hard to compare. It's really hard to compare because these girls, we're just watching them do part of their job where the rest of their job is, is, is being on Instagram or on Snapchat or on TikTok. It's a very different environment. You know, I, I think of them as also much more approachable than the traditional supermodels. Where, and, and I, you know, when I think of supermodels, I think of Cindy and Linda Evangelista, and Naomi Campbell, and they were much more mysterious, that whole group, Christy Turlington, Kate Moss, I mean, that, you know, you go back and think about the Freedom video. Yeah, that's what I think of. Yeah, Claudia Schiffer, but there was, like, a movie star almost, there was much more of a mystery about them. Yeah, you're right. I never thought I would think of, you know, Kendall Jenner or Gigi Hadid as more as approachable, but I, I see what you're saying. Approachable mean we're, we're much more involved in their day-to-day lives. And by the way, the Freedom video, one of the best videos of oh, all time. Yeah, absolutely. But as I'm saying is they were very mysterious. Yeah, they were. And when I say approachable, I mean, we're part of their daily lives through social media. We are. Well, what about red carpets? I've watched the red carpet for the Grammys. I watched the red carpet for the Golden Globes. I think I, that the Grammys did a great job. They, they, and overall, I think the Emmys did a really good job. The Golden Globes, I did not like at all. I think they, a lot of people were like, it was awkward and, and, and really uncomfortable. You could tell nobody was comfortable. The Grammys, I think, found the template, building on what the Emmys did, um, and did a really good job, especially with the fashion and creating a red carpet environment. So it didn't seem, because to me, it seemed just like dead 
and over. Well, it is. You're on there by yourself. It's it, you know part of the red carpet is there was an excitement, there was an electricity. People were talking to each other. People were seeing each other. People were looking at each other. You know, it was there was a buzz in the air. You know, and obviously you don't get that now because you're just kind of posing for pictures. Yeah. What about? I mean, like, do you think the red carpets are just over in the sense that? Well, you're talking about, I was quoted as saying the red carpet's on life support. I didn't even know you were quoted as saying that. Oh, I thought that's what you were saying. Like, uh, I, you, no. Uh, okay. So, no, yeah, I, I was just saying, do you think, no, I, 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 I thought this the other day. Yeah, no, I, I was asked in an interview and it got circulated everywhere that I said that the red carpet was on life support. I think it's been on life support for a while, not just due to COVID. I think COVID has really, you know, we're, we're one step away from, from, you know, taking paddles and screaming clear. And I think COVID is the thing that pushed it to that point. Will they ever come back? I hope so. Do I think they will ever be the same? Not for a long time. I also think people, I think in a way it's good for fashion because people are going a little bit more extreme with the fashion because it's an escape. Yeah. But I think also people are not necessarily ready to watch celebrities party and, and show off. I think everyone wants to see a lot more um, realness, if that's a word. That's a word. Yeah. I mean, that was what I was thinking. Like maybe like our people's minds just elsewhere, like, Oh, this is so silly. We have so much more to think about. Right. We're not at a point where they're ready for the, for where the general public, in my opinion, is ready for the escapism and the fantasy of the red carpet, which so much of it was, you know, Ooh, I love her. I love what she's wearing. Oh God, I can't stand that. You know what I mean? It was, it was exciting. It was fun. It like, I always used to say it was like the world's greatest cocktail party. You talk to everybody for two minutes, check out what they're wearing and move on. Yeah, and you're meeting some of the most interesting people, you know, not just because they're famous, but, you know, they're smart, they're great at their craft. Yeah. They have led interesting lives. But it's interesting, I think, what the Oscars are going to do, which I, everyone's like, oh, that's so different. They're not allowing people to accept on Zoom. Well, before COVID, you weren't allowed to accept on Zoom. So they would, someone would either come up and accept for you, or they would say, so-and-so is not here, but they want to thank the Academy. So this big sort of, discussion about, oh my God, they're not going to allow Zoom. They never allowed that. So to me, that's normal. And they did send out a letter saying, basically, I'm paraphrasing no hoodies. Yeah. I mean, I saw that, like, you can bring one person, I guess, as your guest. Well, and they're asking people to dress up. And it's only nominees, so it's none of these. And presenters. Yeah, and presenters. Well, Speaking of Zooms, my logical question is, you know, you get ready in your closet or your bedroom, you have your glam come over. I don't know how long that takes, but it's a long time. You put on, God knows how much the dress costs. You pick your dress, you put on your shoes, and then you go, I guess, to your living room. Sometimes I've seen kitchen. Sometimes I've seen just not even leaving the bedroom. So I have to ask, what would your mother say about that? Getting all dressed up and walking two feet to the next room and sitting there in a dress while you watch a show and then your Zoom comes on and you're like, hi, let me accept my award. 
she would be fine with it. She would be like, that's a normal day for her. You know, <laughs> that, was, that would not have changed her. I, again, and a lot of you, like Kate Hudson was like, oh my God, it feels so good. Like, I think a lot of celebrities have forgotten how much that was a part of their life, how close you are with your team. Like, I was so happy to see my team again. And like, oh my God, it feels so weird to put on real clothes. Like I did a, I did a big video thing for, um, I hosted a, an online event and we taped it in like the day that I went to shoot it. Like I had on what I call like, I had on big girl clothes and I was like, this is so weird. But so, but I was so happy because it was the first time I saw my team. You're like, I love this. Like, you know, it, it's part of it. Like Kate Hudson was great. Like at the Globes and in the dress and posing and like Kaylee Cuoco did it. I think everybody has reset and remembers now how much fun it was rather than a chore. It really, well, that's why a show like fashion police was just so good because it was so, it was escapism mm-hmm. and there was, like you were treating it seriously and you'd go down these rabbit holes and you'd be like, it's just a dress. And your mother would even say that, but it was so fun. Because yeah. we, we do care about what these people are wearing. It's great. You know, it was very, very fun. I mean, I'm going to do, as of right now, I'm planning on doing, we're slated to do an Instagram live during arrivals. So we're trying to, to create a little bit of fashion commentary and red carpet commentary while we don't have access. So I'm hoping it goes really well. Obviously, we want people to watch but I'm, I'm sticking my neck out there and going to see if we can create something new. I'll be watching that. Thank you. Without, I mean, remember we having to do it without interviews. Who so, are you going to do it with? You're just going to do it yourself? Well, I'm, I'm going to have a co-host or two. Anyone we know? I can't say yet, but yes. Oh, wow. Do you, do you miss the red carpet? Like, do you miss being there? I mean, other than, you know, obviously with your mother, but like, do you just miss being in the action like before Fashion Police way back in the day? I, I have pangs of it, but when we stopped was when it stopped being fun. Where that's when it got very much, the publicists were in control. And you, if you're, you can't say this and you can't say that, and this one's not going to talk to you because you said this about my other client and it got so controlled that, you know, and also suddenly designers were paying people to wear things. So all of their, a lot of their personal style came out of it because you were a mannequin or a walking billboard and it stopped being fun for us. I mean, by the way, always love doing it because there is that energy and excitement, but it, it, it was starting to lose, the whole process was losing the fun factor, not just us, you know, we still loved doing it, but it wasn't, people weren't having as much fun. And that, that was part of it. I think we were the last bastions of, oh my God, this is incredible. This is so much fun. We're your eyes and ears and everybody would be loose with us and everybody would joke around with my mom and joke with us. It was just a different vibe. Right. Yeah, when publicists get involved, it also, it often changes the situation. But it really started to shift when people started being paid to wear things. Yeah, I, I could see that. 
if you, someone asked me this, I was on a podcast as a guest the other day. I thought it was such a great question. If you could wear only one, I mean, I knew my answer right away, Gucci, but if you could wear only one brand the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm torn between Gucci and Saint Laurent. Because when I look around my closet, for my shoes, definitely Gucci. Um, but then I love my Manolos too. Um, See, it's hard, right? It's really hard because I also then think, would I pick like my favorite jeans? Yeah, I, I get it. And I was just like, they were like, just pick an answer, sweetie. You don't have to overthink it. And I was like, my Gucci for me. Yeah, I love Gucci. I love Tom Ford. Um, but I, I honestly, when I look around my closet, it's my shirts are predominantly Saint Laurent. Their shirts just fit me really well. You can have two. It's okay. Oh, but then I have to throw Stella McCartney in the mix because she See? makes my favorite blazer and pants. My bet, my favorite suit is Stella. That's and like I my love, I have to be like a big girl. And I love Louis bags. So I was like, then I, yeah. I started talking myself out of it as well. I'm like, wait, does this include everything? Like accessories yeah. too? Are we, yeah, exactly. Are we going with accessories? Are we like, you know, what about, are we getting into lip glosses? <laughs> it's a hard question, right? It's an impossible question. What about, I mean, would you ever do fashion police again? I mean, I know people ask you that all the time. I get asked that almost every day. And, and all the comments and all that on my Instagram and my Facebook and my Twitter and all of that, people want it back. Right now, there would not be enough content. I was going to ask that, you, like, what would that look like in 2021? Right. Right now, there's not enough content. And that's with my producer hat on, is we don't have enough to fill a show. Will it come back? Um, I think there might be a way to do it. Right now, there is so much hypersensitivity and cancel culture. I'm not sure that it would actually be possible because of the restrictions and self-editing and having to be so careful that you would lose a lot of the freedom and I think you would lose a lot of the fun and I think people would, would forget that, but that's been my whole thing. Everyone's forgotten to have fun. And that was before COVID. When everyone started taking them, like my favorite Golden Globes ever was the one at the beginning of Me Too when everyone wore black. I thought that was the best red carpet ever because it was like the greatest Project Runway Challenge. You had the most amazing women in the world the most beautiful, the most glamorous, all the best designers in the world given the same task. And yeah. I loved it. And it made their personalities come through because everyone was so limited. Like I was wanting them to pick a color for every show. <laughs> it would be kind of cool, like red, pink. You could do it, so many things with that. Right, but I, that was by far my favorite Golden really? Globe fashion red carpet. Wow. You look back, it was amazing because these women, A, were all bonded together making a statement and everyone's personalities came through and the designers were came through in the choices. Yeah. You had some that were very stark. You had Catherine Zeta-Jones that was all 
beat it and sheer and this, and you had other ones who went very austere, and then you did had ones that did big accessories. I, I, yeah, no, you're right. It's like, it's almost shows your creativity even more because right. it's the color black. And even if it isn't, if it's a different color, it's, you're all wearing the same thing. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved that. And, you know, I, but again, we're back in the situation where I think the red carpets have lost their fun. They lost fun. That was the, that was the first one where what was the big statement made it incredible. And the rest since then, We've lost the fun, but we lost the fun before that on the carpet. It's when my mom and I stopped. It was, it wasn't fun anymore. Everyone Are you worried? So like this, that. It changed a lot. What about a, a award shows? Are you worried just because like ratings are down like more than 50% kind of across the board? You think that's I think temporary? that has a lot to do with COVID. I think people definitely don't care as much. Um, everyone's binge watching the same shows and a lot of the shows that they're binge watching are older shows. Um, I think it's been a great year for television, obviously. Um, I think it's been a great year for movies, strangely, because I think viewership, more people watch them, but I don't think people are as invested. Yeah. Even my beloved housewives are down across the board. Everything's down across the board and more so because everything's opening up. And people are so sick of watching all the shows. Oh, dear. My phone is on. Someone's calling you. Well, we'll ignore them. Well, that's like, I don't know if you're, are, I mean, I'm not suggesting you get on this. Are, are you on Clubhouse? Yes, but I haven't done anything yet. Do you want to do a Clubhouse together? We could do a Clubhouse any day you want. Yes. Okay. We could pick a topic. Okay. Will our friend John do it with us? I, first of all, I have to get him on Clubhouse. You know, John is not into it, but we'll get, if I think if you and I do it together, he'll do it. Okay. He thinks I'm crazy. I'm not on it because I like it. I'm just on it because I guess we should be, but I don't know how it's going to work when the world opens. I mean, it, it is cool. You could go to a million different conversations all around the world. By the way, and, just, and that, I don't think, I, everyone's like, is it going to still work? Yeah, yeah, people are still going to be at home. People are still, it's like, the, I think we're going to have this huge influx of everybody going out. I know here you cannot yeah. get a reservation anywhere. Same here. Anywhere. Same here. So, you know, I think we're going to ride that wave, and then it's going to come back much more to normal where you're like, ugh. I mean, even this week for me, I ended up having a dinner on Monday, a dinner on Tuesday, and a dinner yesterday. I don't want to go out for the next three nights. Well, I find, like, when I go out now – like strangely I'm like I'm kind of like can I go home that's what's I'm like I'm hoping as this goes on I'll get less that but I'm I mean I don't really go home but I'm like ready to go home early now not even like early in the night just early when I leave my house I'm like why am I doing this like I was fine at home yeah a six o'clock dinner does not is not out of the question (laughs) not anymore no now when you say to people let's meet at seven they go oh I like a nice six or seven. I'm okay with that. I'm like, we've been switching to six thirty. That seems to be our like window right now. You have your drink early. You finish up. You head you on home. home. But you are right about fashion police in cancel culture. I'm not sure. Mm-mm. I mean, what do you think of? I mean, do you think we've gone too far? Like, 
speaking of Ellen, like she's lost a million viewers. I mean, I'm not saying that's right. But again, what we talked about is viewership is down across the board. That's true. You know, I think the only ones that have maintained are like Kelly Clarkson and Drew Barrymore. But that's also because they're new and fun and they're finding their voice. Especially Kelly's is doing great. Um, Both great shows. Yeah. Uh, You know, again, yeah, of course it affects it, but I but if you look at the ratings across the board, she's dropped more than others, but everybody's down. Also, That's because true. everyone is saturated. People, I, I, I don't want, I, I can't put on CNN anymore, which was always on in the background. You know, I just, everyone I think just doesn't want to hear it. We've been stuck with, it was like being stuck at home with all these people for a year. Yeah, with the same thing. Yeah, and everyone's like, it's because of the, what came out. I don't think half of America remembers that that came out. I think it's, I think everything once the world opens. So the other, before we wrap up, the other, besides you being a housewife, the other trillion billion questions I got last time since you were here, the other thing I didn't really focus on is, I mean, everyone messaged me to say, listen, I mean, you're going to be like, okay, of course you're bringing this up. So don't shoot the messenger. Does, does any question that is good after it starts like that? But no. everyone DMs and says, well, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is obviously based on Joan. And I'm sure you don't want to say anything bad because I know you were not, that's not, we're not having that type of interview. We're just having a nice little fun chat. Here's my answer. I've never watched an episode. And I have personal reasons that I've mentioned in other interviews, which is I just wish, and I, I understand both sides. I'm sure they were worried because we're also the world is so litigious, but I wish I had gotten a note saying your mother was one of the inspirations for this and we hope you enjoy it. And here's a t-shirt. Here's a link to the first episode, to the pilot, you know, it, not even saying like it's completely her, but to say she was one of our inspirations. I've never heard it from, especially also at one point, one of the writers and I had the same agent. Um, you know, so my whole thing is reach out. And because of that, because I was so, <clears throat> I felt so violated in a weird way and everybody saying, oh, it's Joan, it's Joan, it's Joan, it's Joan. And yet I never hear from the people that make it or the actors or anything saying, hey, she was one of my inspirations. She was one of the inspirations. You know, and I know a lot of that's people are scared about legal stuff, but just say she, she's clearly a compilation, a lot of my mom, but clearly a compilation of a lot of the women of the area, of the era. Um, say, hey, the only person that's thanked her in an acceptance speech for that show was Jane Lynch. And I was, I was in tears and I sent her flowers the next day saying, thank you. So yeah, so, you know, I, I, I can't watch it. Like it really profoundly upset me that it was more about the lack of acknowledgement of, of my mother's uh, career and my mother's legacy. No one else seems to say they're scared to say she was one of the inspirations. 
And I don't know if it's because they were scared that I would be litigious or what, but that really hurt me. And especially because it was so soon after she died. Yeah. Well, my and mind. Like, you would love, and the joke is everyone tells me I would love the show. You probably would. But leave it to Jane Lynch to save the day. Right. And do the right thing. I mean, so- could you imagine for as much as they won? And I mean, I could be their biggest cheerleader. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, why can't, you know, for a dollar fifty, work out the legal parts and just way, make I, you I, like... You can't, you, there is nothing to be litigious about because she is one of many that right, was the Right, right. I mean, well, that's what I, as a lawyer, I'm like... Right, it's not even... not even a, a lawsuit, really. I would have not, no yeah. legal grounds. Not one. But on a human level, it still hurts me. I, I want to be happy when they win, and I can't be. You root for other shows. I, I, I get it. I listen. I wouldn't be asking if I, I. That doesn't yeah. shock me. I mean, and it comes up all the time. Everyone's like, "What do you want to know?" And they're like, "What do you think of it?" I'm like, "I literally have never watched an episode." And says, "Whoever says why?" I'm like, "It's personal, but here's my thought process." And I could be completely wrong. People could say you know, you're crazy, you're being stupid. But to me, it like I said, all they ever had to do was reach out and acknowledge. Right. You're not looking for the royalty check, just uh, like you said, a card and saying, enjoy the first episode. And and she, she was such an inspiration and we hope you enjoy our, you know, we hope you, we, we hope you love the show. Well, there are millions and millions and millions other of other people, including myself, that can tell you, you know, I don't need to say it. This interview is about you, Melissa, but you know, you know how I feel. Oh yeah. I don't need to That's say what I'm it. saying. It's like all I ever wanted was a note. Maybe a thank you in one of the acceptance speeches of after all these years. And I have to tell you, there's not one, and I mean this, there's not one single female comedian that I have sat with on this show where, I mean, we talk about your mother's name comes up. I bring it up if they don't, but 99.9% of them bring it up. So, right. you know, that's... it's a tremendous legacy. And like I said, when there's a male, it's like, you know, that's why like literally when Jane called, you know, name checked my mom, I literally burst into tears and I sent flowers, like I said, with a card saying, thank you. Thank you. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. What did Jane Lynn say back to that? Oh, she wrote me, a, she knew my mom. And she's always been so lovely to me and to my mom and to my family. And, you know, she, she, you know, wrote me back a lovely email just saying, oh my God, you know, thank you for thanking me. Like, I can't believe I hit that kind of a nerve with you, but oh, thank you. She said, I mean, she's like, why, her answer was basically, why wouldn't I have? 
And so she was really touched. She was really touched that I reached out. And I'm sure you were sitting there not, that's the last thing you were expecting to hear, I'm sure, at that point. Right. However many years into, I don't even remember that. Right. And, and she was shocked that I reached out and was like, I am so legitimately touched. And it was important to me. Well, now you've got me emotional, so. <laughs> Too early to be emotional. I was going to say, hopefully, I'll forget about that. I, you know, move on. Oh, no, but by day. the way, I I'm used to talking about it. And there's no way, in my opinion, that they have not heard me or been made aware of everything I have said through the years. And there is still no, hey, start better late than never. Here's some swag, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, and like where there's smoke, there's fire. Like a gazillion people around the world can't be just saying this. Right. They're not, I mean, you know, because you mentioned like, oh, are you crazy? I mean, all these people can't be thinking it without yeah, send it. Me, send me a mug. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, right? at least send me a mug. <laughs> listen, if Melissa Rivers just wants a mug, listen, I have my behind the velvet rope mug. So here's my shameless plug. Yeah, why don't I have one of those? I'm a repeat guest. I'll send you one. Yeah, you, you better. You, you, you deserve a mug. Thank you. You're a repeat guest. You're one of my favorite guests. I'm not just saying that. What, before we wrap up, what's next for you? Settling into your new house. Um, what's next for me? I have a number of shows in multiple stages of development. I finally really? turned in my new book. So oh, wow. uh, we're going to miss that. We're going to miss that uh, Mother's Day <laughs> deadline. What's your new I, book going to be about? I have your, I've, went to all your book signings back in the day with all your books. It is called Lies My Mother Told Me. And it's a straight up comedy book. Like it is over the top, silly, fun. You know, it's my mother's version of the truth. And people literally, one of the, one of the, when we pitched it and sent in pages, one of the publishing houses that we, um, (laughs) we pitched to were like, oh my God, did your mother really tell you these things? And I'm like, but there are some Easter eggs in there and people are going to have to figure out, there's a couple of stories that are actually true. Well, that makes it even more, were they just like, how could you come in then, you know, that's, that's your producer hat, right? If you can come up with all these stories of. Yeah. You know, I mean, we come up, we, my mother's retelling of the first Thanksgiving, my mother's retelling of, the last supper, you know? So it's very over the top. First of all, it was the last brunch, according to her. Right. Well, speaking of your, I, our good friend, John, I've heard all about your mother's Thanksgivings from him. So yes, I'm just jealous. I wasn't friends with him like 30 years ago. And then like all of this and that I couldn't have been at one, but I've heard all about them. Oh yeah. It's, it, you know, we, you know, so it's, it's very over the top. It's a, fun read. Hopefully people will laugh out loud. You know, our whole thing is, you know, we hear the story of the landing at Plymouth Rock. What people didn't know was Plymouth Rock was actually called the Plymouth Rock and it was a lesbian bar. (laughs) Of course it was, right? Exactly. You know, so it's, it's very over the top like that, but we have put in two stories or three stories. I have to go back and look that are real. That'll be, there should be like some contest or something. Yeah. And everybody, it was, one of the publishers also was like, she really, I'm like, no, she did not really think these things. 
And then someone, another publisher said, we're worried about the legal. And I'm like, I'm the person that would be suing. Right. <laughs> and I'm the author. So I don't, I'm the state, I'm the estate. So I'm not, I promise you, I'm not going to sue myself. Right. Like, I don't know what other legal claim there would be. Right. And we don't go after anybody or disparage anybody. It's like, okay. They're like, yeah, legal is really worried. <laughs> right. You are the stakeholder. I don't know who yeah. else would be. You know, which just shows you that people really sometimes don't have a sense of humor and just don't get it. Right. You know, when, when we discuss that the, one of the bigger problems at the first Thanksgiving was the pilgrims did not like the, the, the seating arrangements, you know, and, move, and, and, and the Native Americans were upset because the pilgrims moved the place cards around. Right. I don't think. They just. Yeah. You know, and then you want to know why I'm not a lawyer anymore. Right. But also it's like, she really thought that? I'm like, no. No. Right. That's like, it's that kind of funny and silly. I mean, in a way. By the way, the Big Bang was caused by bad wiring in the Garden of Eden. So it's both. (laughs) Is this book going to get Joan canceled post-mortem? Hopefully not. Hopefully it won't get me canceled. I mean, there's no... There's no attacks on anything. You know, we are going back and, and changing language. You know, Indian is going to Native American. So there is that level of respect, but it's my mother telling ridiculous stories. Like the Leaning Tower of Pisa was because one of Elizabeth Taylor's ancient, ancient, ancient relatives what, you know, inherited the, the, the heavy gene that clearly ran in their family and was doing yoga and somehow downward dog caused the tower to lean. That's hilarious. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's that yeah. kind of, you know, it's, it's not, I don't think there's anything cancelable. We need a pure comedy book at this point. It's a pure comedy book. It's a pure comedy book. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but one of my other favorite chapters we wrote was Anne Frank writing was her side hustle. She was really a dancer. It's that kind that. of silly. Right. I love it. You know, and she had to limit her tap dance practice. Well, that is similar to your mother's humor. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is it's that kind of humor. I love it. That, you know, we don't, I don't want to get canceled. I just want to laugh. You and me both. I just want to laugh. So hopefully by the time this book comes out after Mother's Day, whenever it's slated for. Now it's slated, I think, for uh, the beginning of next year. Well, hopefully 2022 is going to be a better year. We're heading in the right direction, right? Everyone needs to get the book. Everyone needs to do watch your Instagram. I will be watching your Instagram live now. And, and uh, go on. And, and even if you don't listen to group text, uh, subscribe and rate it. But you don't actually have to listen. I don't really care if you actually listen. I, I get it. That's I say that all the time. I'm like, just leave a review. I mean, people... You know, listen, it's hard. I think I'm happy, like, if you just have, like, 90% good reviews. Because think about it. Most people are going to go leave a bad review. So people don't realize how hard we work. So everyone needs to leave you a great review. It's a great podcast. Just just, uh, subscribe and like it. 
Listen, it's really great. I mean, I think who else did you had David Arquette on? Oh, I've had tons of people on. And you had some other, not Lisa Bloom, but there was another lawyer or something. I was like, oh, this is such a great guest. I forgot who it is. It was really uh, recent. It was a uh, woman. Oh, I know. Sean Hawley. Yeah. Sean Hawley. I also had on Laura Wasser. That was it. Laura Wasser. That's a good one. To talk about divorce in Hollywood. Well, as I was looking through it, I was like, oh, okay, let me call my people. This might be good for the future. Laura Wasser is a good one, especially like, yeah, like I'd like to know about the Eric and Tom divorce. Of course, I take it to Housewives. Yeah. Where can, yes, everyone needs to follow your podcast. Where can everyone find you online to be able to do all Everywhere. of this? Everywhere. Just like any podcast, you can find me anywhere. And on Instagram. And on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and maybe Clubhouse at some point. And, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm kind of like that, that thing that won't go away. You don't need to go away. The next time when you come back, yes, I'm already planning your third arrival. Don't worry. We could push it out to the future. I'll see the background of your new house possibly. Yes. So hopefully I'm supposed hopefully. to move in in uh, May. So hopefully that's right around the corner. Yeah. I really appreciate this. You didn't have to come on. You're doing a lot of things. The power of our good friend, John, to make it all happen. So we'll give him a shout out. Thank you for doing this first thing. I'll be watching you on Oscars Day. Thank you. I love doing this with you. You'll come back. Always. But I want the mug first. Don't ask twice. The mug is on its way. <laughs> is there anything else you would like? Because you can have whatever you want. <laughs> I kind of like the art behind you. Pink. See, I'm the opposite when you said white, I'm all white, but I'm all, my apartment is literally 50 shades of gray, dark, light, medium, and then just a pop. I mean, what gay man doesn't want a pop of pink in their apartment? By the way, you're correct. Pink is gray and pink and white. I don't need, those are three colors. I don't need any other colors. Navy is really nice with the gray too. I love navy. And same thing with dressing. I'm happy with like navy, grays, whites, pop of color. Wow. Yeah, I get yelled at by my team for not wearing enough color uh, on TV because really? I would always default to black, navy, or gray. But I went with a with a, a muted green. That counts. That counts. But I'm always getting they're always annoyed at me. That totally counts. How, okay, then we really will go. How would you describe your own personal style? Um, people always ask me that. I think I tend to go with simpler lines. I can't wear overly embellished. I can't wear big prints. I'm not like my mom where I can wear, I can handle all this embellishment. Um, I think I go with really clean. I go very, I have a uniform, which is like jeans, white t-shirt and a sweater or jacket. Um, a friend of mine called me preppy the other day, but I don't think of my clothing as preppy. Like preppy, but not preppy. I think it's just really clean. Yeah, it's, cl it's classic. It's clean and classic. Yeah, it's just, and that's what I'm most comfortable in. So you don't do like the Dolce's or anything I like that? I like a touch of, you know, I, I'll do jeans and an unbelievable jacket. You know, I do perk it up with a little bit of, of pizzazz. And this really is my last question. What about Cooper? Because, like, you know, a lot of the straight guys, they, they've got it going on these days. Like, is he into, like, He is Gucci? such a dude. 
He's really? dude. just wants to play lacrosse. Like he's not into like, you know, like, listen, a lot of the straight college he boys, likes, they love the Gucci shoes. Belt. He likes a good belt. We went through a good, we went through a belt phase, which he seems to be out of, but he will come back to like for his 18th birthday, he got like two Gucci belts and someone else gave him a Louis Vuitton belt. He was super into belts. So he's in, okay. Um, but you know, those didn't, those seem to have taken, they're, they're taking a rest, but I know when he moves back to LA, they'll come back. It's not, it doesn't fit in where, you know, living in, in where he is in college. Yeah. He's, you know, a Vans and khakis. He's a surfer. He dresses like exactly like you would expect a California slightly preppy dude would. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. It's super, you know, and so people are like, what's his time? I'm like, he's a dude. Like, he does have, like, you know, a suit. He does have the khaki pants and a couple blazers. He likes to crack those out. Likes a good pocket square. But it's not like if you brought him to, like, a Gucci and said, do what you want for two hours and here's the credit card. Good luck. No. He, I, he did, I did get him for his birthday a pair of Golden Goose sneakers. And he probably loved those. He loves them, but he's very careful with them. Very careful with them. See, do you see all the money he's saving you? Yeah, but that was like, he was like, no, I can't. I'm like, do you love them? He's like, yeah, they're so cool. I'm like, okay. Just go with it. And we got them somewhere where I get a discount. So even better. Like, <laughs> that's even better. Really, thank you for real this time. And keep in touch. You're amazing. I could I'll talk to you, you all day. I'm just being respectful of your time. Keep in touch, really. Looking forward to my mug. You're going to get it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.